0: Welcome to A New Creation. I'm Phyllis and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of A New Creation is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new and it is from God. This week, as I meditated on God's Word, I asked Him, What is it that's on your heart? What is it that you would have me to share this week to your people? And He said, Freedom! He proclaimed, Freedom. God is proclaiming freedom. Freedom is on his heart for this generation. See, there are ancient spirits that are brazenly on display in our culture. And Satan, their leader, has declared war against God and his creation, and he seeks to destroy this generation. And he does it by promoting death in all things. That is destructive to life itself. Now, Jesus in the book of John, chapter 8, I'm going to read you verses 44 and 45, and it's the New King James Version of the scripture. Jesus is speaking about the devil's character. He said, You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Did you hear that? Jesus, at that time, he was speaking to a group of religious leaders. And he basically said to them that they don't understand his speech or don't understand him because they are of their father, the devil. And they do those things that he does. And he went on to explain to them the devil's character and his resources. He is a liar. That's his character. And he speaks from his resources, which are lies. And so what we see today, when I was speaking earlier about the ancient spirits that are being led by Satan or by the devil, whichever name you want to call him, those spirits who have declared war on this generation. We know that the source of them is their father, the devil. Now, Jesus was speaking to people, but these spirits are being led by their leader. I mentioned him as their father, but really their leader, the devil. Now, Solomon, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, he spoke of his observation of how life, the state of life itself, In every generation. And he said. This is Solomon speaking. What has been will be again. And what has been done. Will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which. One can say. Look. This is something new. It was here already. Long ago. It was here before our time. Did you hear that? When Solomon was speaking about there's nothing new under the sun, basically what he was speaking about is regardless of what generation you're living in, what what moment of history that you're in, what timeline that you're in, there is nothing new. When he mentions under the sun, that means there's nothing new for those who are without God, who live as if there is no God whose lives are lived based on how they want to live, how they do things. And usually the things that you see are things that have been done before. So we can go back and think about what Jesus said about the devil, how when he speaks, he speaks a lie and lying is his character. That was the case in Jesus's day, in Solomon's day, and in our day. When people are led by these ancient spirits that I said that are brazenly on display today. They're being led by by the devil himself. And they're doing things that have been done before, because there's nothing new under the sun. In other words, the devil himself is not a creator. He doesn't create anything. He uses the same tricks, the same tactics, the same lies before a different generation. And so they're Maybe magnified more in one generation more than the other. But either way, it is still a lie at it its foundation. And so when we learn these things, we know how to respond and we know how to proclaim freedom, which is what God is saying to us. Freedom. He's saying for people to be free of these ancient spirits and their control, free of the devil and his, his tactics. Now, every generation has faced its own challenges. Yet, I discern a heightened sense of urgency to respond to a ferocious, pounding, unrelenting attack by the devil, by the thief, by Satan, to destroy the souls of this generation and to annihilate our future. Did you hear that? As I was preparing for this message and meditating on the state of things, meditating on what God spoke about freedom, the Holy Spirit spoke through me, the statement that I just shared with you and I'll share it again. I discern is what I'm picking up. I'm discerning by the spirit of God. There's a heightened sense of urgency. For us to respond to a, and it's a ferocious, pounding, unrelenting attack by the thief, the devil, Satan. He has all those names. Prince of the power of the air, the God of this world. All of those refers to Satan. To destroy the souls of this generation and to annihilate our future. Today's episode of Philistice of New Creation is Freedom, Let Them Go. The Holy Spirit reminded me of Exodus chapter 8, verse 1. I'm going to share with you that scripture and I'm going to share with you the NIV version of it. It reads, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go, so that they may worship me. Did you hear that? Holy Spirit reminded me of that scripture because what we're facing and what I mentioned to you earlier about God proclaiming freedom and these ancient spirits that are being directed by the devil himself. What this whole thing is about. It's about Satan's desire to be worshiped. He wants to be worshipped by mankind. He wants to usurp or take over what should be God's. Did you hear that? Now, when God instructed Moses, and of course, Moses' Moses' brother Aaron was with him because his brother spoke spoke for him, was his spokesperson. When they went and they stood before Pharaoh, God said to them for Pharaoh to let his people go so that they could worship him. That's what God's desire was. And so today, many people find themselves far from God, far from his presence, far from worship, because the devil himself is just like in the days of old, in the Old Testament with Pharaoh, who would not would not initially let the people of God go. He wanted to keep them in. Bondage wanted to keep them bound. Many people find themselves in that same condition today. But God is speaking freedom. God is speaking to the enemy of their soul, to Satan, to the devil, and those ancient spirits to let his people go. Freedom, let them go. The reason why there's such an urgency for this generation. It's because with every generation that has its challenges, it has different circumstances that they're facing. Our circumstances for this generation that's coming up now seems to be magnified in terms of what they are facing. Now, there was a study that was by the Walton Foundation and other groups they were actually looking into and exploring the depths of mental health crisis, of the mental health crisis for this generation. And the generation I'm referring to is Generation Z. And in case you're not familiar with that generation, it is the the people in the age group of eight, eight years old to 23 23 years old. That's Generation Z. That's Gen Z. And Carol Stern. She's the executive director of the Walden Foundation. She published her findings. She and these other, the other groups who were working with her, and the title of her summary of, or the document that she published and shared was Gen- "Generation Z is Waging a Battle Against Depression, Addiction, Addiction and Hopelessness." Did you hear that? I'll say that again. It was entitled the study and it it was published in September of 2022. So it wasn't very long ago. It was last year and it was entitled Generation Z is waging a battle against depression, addiction and hopelessness. Now. In. That study, she found. That for Generation Z, the Gen Z, they are about twice as likely as Americans over the age of 25 to battle depression and feelings of hopelessness. They're three times as likely as Americans over 25 to say that their challenges are so severe that they thought they might be better off dead. And more than half of Gen Z. It's 52% of them. They know someone battling depression. And, and the study went on to say that one in four of Gen Z have someone close to them dealing with drug addiction. And one in five of them know someone who has died by suicide. Did you hear that? See, this data alone, it sounds the alarm that there's something extraordinary going on. Within this generation, and what's going on—that's extraordinary—is not natural. It's spiritual. Talking about freedom, let them go. Why am I say it's spiritual? Sometimes you hear people say that it is spiritual or it is a spirit. Let me explain that to you because the Holy Spirit had me. Holy Spirit had me to meditate on that, to explore that. When someone says, especially in the body of Christ, and I'll speak for myself, someone who operates in the prophetic, says it's a spirit, something is a spirit. That means that there's something causing Generation Z, those in Generation Gen Z, to be depressed and to feel hopeless. See, when I say a spirit, there's something causing the depression, the thoughts of depression, the thoughts of suicide or even causing them to take their lives. And when it's a spirit, it's a pattern of thinking. It causes a a pattern of thinking that drives someone to commit suicide or to be depressed or to feel hopeless. Talking about freedom, let them go. And so it's very important for us to understand that when we have a generation that's facing these sort of things, it's important for us to hear God, and to follow his instructions. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus, Gen Z shall be saved. Gen Z shall know their creator. Gen Z will not be depressed. They will not feel hopeless. They will not have feelings of suicide. They will know their God. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, they will know that he loves them and they will open their heart and allow the king of glory to come in and they will experience life and life more abundantly. Amen. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 1, I'm going to share with you the English standard version of the scripture. And it reads, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Did you hear that? Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. He received. This word from God as a reference to the Messiah, referring to Messiah or to the Lord Jesus. And even though it was years before Jesus came to earth as a man, God saw fit to share it with Isaiah so that Isaiah could proclaim these words to encourage the people who heard him speak of this. And Jesus When he was here on earth and after he had been baptized, came back to his hometown and he was walking by the spirit. He went to a particular temple and he opened up the book of Isaiah, the book that they gave him to that particular scripture that I just read to you. And he proclaimed in that temple that day to everyone who heard it, that the Messiah had arrived, the one who they had been waiting for was there. And he came to do these things. And so I'm saying to you today, everyone who's under the sound of my voice today, freedom comes when God arrives on the scene, when God becomes your priority, when God is a part of your life. See, we're in the New Testament. So, Holy Spirit indwells those of us who are of the household of faith, who are in the body of Christ. And so these words that Isaiah spoke and Jesus spoke when he was here, are for us today. And it is how people are freed. It is how freedom comes and how they are let go. Let's take a look at the scripture for a moment. Again, Isaiah chapter 61 in his verse one. Isaiah begins by saying, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Just that portion right there. When the Spirit of the Lord God was upon him, remember he was in the Old Testament. So the Holy Spirit didn't indwell people always like he does now. When Jesus went back to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit back to indwell us, to teach, guide us, and to lead us into all truth, who is the Spirit of truth. So he's always in us. But in that day, he he would come upon people. He would move in people, but he didn't dwell. Because Jesus, back in the Old Testament, hadn't arrived yet. And so he's saying here, God's spirit is upon him and has anointed him. That means who has given him. When an anointing, back in the Old Testament, they would anoint people with oil, pour oil over them for them to be in a particular office. Let's say if a person was going to be a priest, they would go through the ceremonies and anoint that person as a priest. Prophets, Samuel anointed David as a prophet. He anointed Saul as a prophet. So the anointing oil they would have, they would pour the oil on them. But in our time today, our anointing, God gives us us the ability, gives us the gifts to serve him, to carry out an assignment. He anoints us to do so. So here, the spirit of the Lord God is upon him because he has anointed him to bring good news to the poor. What's the good news to the poor? First of all, the good news is the gospel. And in the the Greek, it's called evangelion, E-V-A-N-G-E-L-I-O-N. So the good news is he's speaking of, and we're speaking today, the good news that we share when we share the gospel or the good news from everyone, we're sharing the salvation in Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And the gift of eternal life, talking about freedom, let them go. See, the only way a person can be free and let go of depression, of oppression, of suicidal thoughts, of hopelessness, of perversion, of whatever the struggle is, of covetedness, of greed, of backbiting, of gossip, whatever the works of the flesh are. The only way they can be freed of that is for someone who's been anointed by God. And will come forth and bring, share with them the good news to the poor. Because the situation they're in, the poor in this sense means someone who does not know the good news outside of the household of faith. Poor in spirit because they don't know. The other term with the poor, what it means here, bring good news to the poor. The first way is, of course, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ for the salvation of for their salvation and the washing away of their sins. The other part, too, speaks of, in this case, the poor in spirit, a person who knows that they need God, who knows that they're poor in spirit, not in terms of, like I explained earlier, unsaved, but they know they may be saved and know that they're they're not where they should be outside of the will of God. So the poor in spirit in this particular case is that they know that they're dependent on God. Recognize our poor condition. In the Beatitudes, it talks about that. Matthew 5, 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see God. See, this is when a person knows, God, I know that I'm not worthy of your your goodness and of your kindness and of your grace, but help me. I want to be in your family. I want to be back in fellowship with you. So you can either be poor, in the first instance I said, in terms of a person who doesn't know God, the poor in spirit, and another person who can be poor in spirit would say that they know that they don't know God and are crying out, know their condition. So that's what he means by that, to bring good news to the poor. Then he goes on to say, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Bind up the brokenhearted. There are people whose spirits are broken, who are just so worn down with the cares of this life until they have no joy. Well, Jesus is saying that He's coming up to bind up the brokenhearted. That spiritual restoration, spiritual restoration and healing. And in God questions, I was looking at a definition they had of it, which I thought was a wonderful definition. When he says bind up the brokenhearted, in God question, they said restoration and healing. It says as a physician would bind up or bandage a wounded arm, so Jesus of the Messiah would bandage a wounded spirit. Did you hear that? Brokenhearted people, those who are spiritually ruined, they're in the right condition to be met and saved by God. Talking about freedom, let them go. So that's how broken hearts are binding. And in to proclaim liberty to the captives, those who are in bondage to sexual sin, those who are in bondage to oppression, those who are in bondage to, to can't even get up out of bed because at times they feel so hopeless, those who are in bondage which with lack, with a poverty spirit of lack. And you know that those things have you bound. God is saying, proclaim, be free. Proclaim your liberty to those who are captive under those things. And then the last and not least it says, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Again, anything that has you, one thing has you captive, which means you think you can't get away, but you can. And the other one that has you bound to the point where you're almost like someone who's in chains talking about freedom. Let them go. God is saying today freedom and he's speaking to the kingdom of darkness. Let them go. See we the body of Christ we must mature in this day and age. We have to rise up for these times because people are seeking answers to their problems. And these are problems in many cases they've never faced before. And we have the answers. We will win this war. Freedom. We decree and declare freedom for those who are bound. If you honor the sound of my voice and you feel like you're bound with depression, oppression, hopelessness, you are free this day. Because if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And if that is you, repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this message today. Freedom. I know now that you're talking to me. Help me be free of depression. Help me be free of hopelessness. Help me be free of anger. Help me be free of all those things that keeps me from you. And keeps you from that freedom that I in you will experience. I bind every spirit of depression. Every spirit of oppression. Every spirit that's keeping anyone from being in right relationship with their creator. I cast out. I root out. I pull down. I destroy. I throw down every demonic spirit from the kingdom of darkness that attempts to exalt itself against what God has said about his people. For those of you who are praying, I didn't forget about you. Open up your heart right now and say, God. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for setting me free this day. Thank you, God, for forgiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. You know, this message is so important to God until he wants me to say to anyone who's feeling depressed, who's feeling hopeless. We just had someone who's close to my family that lost his son, her son, who was depressed. I remember there there are three people I'm speaking right now about. I'm thinking about right now. I'm not going to speak about them, but who took their lives for various reasons. So this, this is very near and dear to me, and it's very near and dear to the Lord. So if you're feeling hopeless, know that you're not alone. Don't be isolated. Ask God to help you, and He will send you to people around you. You can email me, P-H-Y. L-L-I-S-A-N-C at gmail.com and I'll speak with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this message today. Freedom, let them go. And we decree and declare we're coming in agreement with you, Lord. We're coming in agreement that the Son, the Son of God, has set all of us free and we are free indeed. Amen. Have a wonderful day.